Welcome to Cup Talk. I'm Nick. And I'm Benny. Hi, we're back here together again. Me and my brother Benny. <laughs> the Bash Brothers. We got the Bash Brothers on one more episode. That's a stupid, I don't know why I was doing that, that voice. But <laughs> Benny, how was your weekend? It was, it. it was good. It was good. It was it was a little busy, but that's all right. That's all right. Did a lot of packing. Did a lot of moving with my sister moving. So, oh, nice, nice. Well, um, I didn't do any moving. Um, I had to go to a family reunion. I don't know which is worse, family reunion or moving. <laughs> Just kidding. But <laughs> I think moving is hands down the worst. I'll agree with that. Boxing yeah. stuff up, it's always like, we'll have everything boxed. Just come help move it. And then there's always the mad dash to get. <laughs> you, 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 they're so organized at the beginning, and by the end, it's just like, get a box and just stuff it all in. Oh, man. I don't envy you at all. But, but yeah, I mean, it was a good weekend and stuff, and there was some playoff hockey. No, there wasn't playoff hockey this weekend. Saturday, Friday or Saturday, it was kind of a. It was kind of like a breather to like, okay, I'm not missing any games, but it also was kind of like a boring night. But it's kind of like, where are the games? Yeah. So, I mean, you can thank Avalanche for not going to game seven, but. (laughs) We're going to talk about that, but I I don't want to talk about about it. We'll talk about it in a minute. So, um, just jump into youth hockey. Um, DC win. They started their learn to play this last week and they had 50 kids show up. I mean, we were talking about, you know, possibly, you know, the expansion of Davis County. It's pretty awesome to see 50 kids that probably have never played in their entire life to just come out and learn and to just get an idea of, you know, if that's for them. Yeah, that's and it was way more than we expected. I mean, we talked and, you know, we I mean, we we're going to talk to Don here in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, it was just an overwhelming, like, you know, just crazy amount of kids wanting to play hockey and it's awesome and i'm excited for this season to start with the youth and i just love to see the game grow and again they are taking donations for gear for these kids because they like to provide gear for kids that don't need it so like we were talking last week you know hey if you got that old gear just (laughs) pull it out of the closet and just donate it if you think you're gonna use it and you haven't used it in the last 10 years just donate it it's time for an upgrade (laughs) you're not gonna use it (laughs) let some little kid you know use it for the first time so um we're gonna shoot it over to an interview with Don, real quick so and this interview is brought to you by hockey stops Hockey Stops is a local veteran-owned hockey shop in Ogden, located at 4590 Harrison Boulevard, starting with a dream and a hope to give back to the community and grow the sport. Hockey Stops has a storefront location open seven days a week and carries everything from gear to stickers and even training tools. They even got some local coffee in there. Hockey Stops specializes in blade contouring and sharpening. Hockey Stops offers families and team sharpening passes to save money for everyone. Trust somebody. That being Corey, I trust him with my skates. I trust him with anybody's skates. But, yeah, he'll make sure you get that edge you need on the ice and a little bit of an edge over the competition. So let's end over that interview with Don. All right, today on the podcast we have my good friend, my coaching partner, and newly elected president of the D.C. Wind organization. How's it going, Don? Going great. Going great. Just getting ready to watch that Vegas Canadians game. Yeah, I'm pretty nervous about this one, man. I think uh, Colorado had the offense, but they didn't have Terry Price. Grubauer was looking good, but <laughs> he's not Terry Price, so 
Grubauer, Grubauer is a, a Venza finalist and Carey Price isn't, but you know, it doesn't always, you know, matter who's the best goalie. <laughs> True story. Yeah. True so, story. Right. It'll be good either way. Yep, yep, yep. So all right, let's talk about your hockey background. What what got you into hockey as a kid? Uh, Salt Lake Golden Eagles, believe it or not. So military family, we grew up all over the world and uh, settled in Utah back in 1992. And we went to a Golden Eagles game uh, that winter. I don't even remember who they were playing, but I from the first game, I'm like, holy crap, mom and dad, I have to do this. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, not knowing anything about hockey, it took a while before I learned how to skate. Um, my junior year of high school is when I started playing competitive, and I was not good. <laughs> um, but it, it was an affiliated school program for Roy High. Uh, Joe Flieger was the coach. And he was probably one of the more patient dudes I've ever met. And he, he did a dang good job of teaching all of us how to play the game. Uh, my brother started playing the same year. We had two or three other kids that started playing the same year. And we got just a boatload of ice time. <laughs> you know, there are 12 people on the roster and, and we were, <laughs> we were skating a lot. So it was, uh, it was fun, but that's, that's what kicked it off was just going to one, IHL game back in the day, man. Hey, you never know what little impact one hockey game will have on, you know, now you got a whole family, so <laughs> that's playing hockey. So, <laughs> you know, that's all, that's all it takes is one little thing sometimes. But so, I mean, you have a, an older boy that plays DJ. I mean, he's a player. And then you got um, Doug that was a goalie. And now you have Mo that's a girl. Which one has been the most like, like, you know, not challenging, but like, you know, nervous, like made you more nervous. <laughs> um, different aspects of it. DJ's not a, not as aggressive as he probably could. Um, so that's always been a fear jumping into the high school ranks and playing, uh, in a very aggressive setting with a lot of testosterone fueled boys, um, with a kid that's not super aggressive. So that, that's, that has me on nerves, but, um, I'll tell you the most stressful game is being a goalie parent and you can attest <laughs> to this or your parents can attest to this. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> it is a totally different level of stress sitting on the, on the outside of the glass and seeing, you know, the puck go in the net. You're like, that was a sports center highlight reel, but the kid's going to feel devastated over it. Yeah. And younger kids, I mean, they just don't understand that every single person on the ice contributes to that goal. And they don't own it. They don't feel that. They just know that the goalie let it in, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's probably the most stress. And then, I mean, Mo is. <laughs> it's been fun to get to to watch her convert from being a dancer to a hockey player. Um, she had she had some rough times over at the dance studio, and just it wasn't for her. You know, dance is all about finesse and technique, and um, she is not. So <laughs> um, she she has a little bit of that, but she she lacks some of those fine motor control things that make a, a great dancer. And yeah. granted, she's nine, so there's time, there's hope, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but uh, having her move into hockey, where it's okay to be a little sloppy and it's okay to be a little physical. 
has been just a great fit for her. Um, but and we've talked about this quite a bit, man. The, the piece that's really a struggle for me is just making sure that she wants to keep coming back. And that's really the focus for, I don't know, my coaching philosophy that, you know, it's fun to win, but the, the ultimate goal is 20 years from now to be playing men's league with them, you know? Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's where you are right now. You're still in the game, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you exactly. had some, I mean, you said you had a good coach in high school, and you're still lacing them up. So maybe that's a testament to you know good coaching and just getting them back on the ice. So, I love that. I mean, Amen. I was gonna say, what's the second part of that question? Is which one has been most fun? Which kid? <laughs> Not to pick favorites um, or anything, but you know, which one have you had the most fun with? Uh, the, the kids all know it's Mojo. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's been it's been really cool to have Doug and DJ both out on the ice last year helping to coach the team. Um, Doug was a little busy with high school and rec this year, so he couldn't do that. But DJ's been out there. He loves coaching. He loves getting involved and in, in helping the kids. Um, so that's been really cool. But man, I'll, I'll tell you, between Salmon and the Provo tournament and all those those other experiences for the the team the kids this year it's just been it's been awesome so yeah i mean i guess it, that, it's really yeah well that leads me uh, to my next question is you know we i had a blast coaching with you this whole last season like i definitely learned a ton you know just being under your wing and that kind of that aspect of you know just getting the kids back you know every year and you know keep playing but what was your favorite game we had all season <laughs> Is there one that was like, that was the best game of the season <laughs> for any reason? It doesn't mean it has to be a great win or maybe it was a great win, but. Um, I think my favorite was when we, my wife gets really pissed off when I pull goalies, <laughs> but when we pulled the, when we pulled the goalie against Myrtlewood came back and won. <laughs> that was, that was definitely a fun game. And Hey, we pulled that the goalie. So we awesome. actually pulled the goalie more than I would expect us to every, you know, in a season, but we never once got scored on the open net. So. <laughs> yeah. But and, and I'm sure we've talked about it. The, the whole philosophy there is for me anyways, is it's part of the game. It's something kids need to learn. And we've even joked about pulling the goalie to start the game, right? Because they seem to play a different level when there yeah. when there is nobody in the net. So. Yeah, yeah, that definitely yeah, was, was a fun. fun game. I mean, we had a lot of fun games, but that one, yeah, that was probably our. I think salmon was a salmon was a close runner up. Just the whole experience of playing under the lights and you know having a little bit of snow. Too bad it did it on the game after ours, not ours. But, yeah. Uh, that was fun. I think one of my favorite was that salmon tournament, but it was when we played, was it Idaho Falls? That was the last game. That might have been one of my favorite games we played all year. And we didn't win. We didn't even come close. But that was, I think, one of the best, like, performances by our team. So I had a lot of fun in salmon also. I mean, the next morning was fun. You know, we won that one. So, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, that was way fun. <laughs> definitely a fun year coaching, you know. Um, but I was going to ask you who had the greatest influence on your, you know, your hockey, you know, call it a career, whatever you got it, but outside of hockey. <laughs> um, probably it's gotta be my mom. Um, and 
you know, first-generation player. Nobody in my family knew how to skate, let alone play hockey, right? Um, but she, I mean, you met her. She came to yeah, the yeah. Salmon tournament. Lovely right? people, your mom and your dad. <laughs> Fun people. She, she will cheer for anybody, and she's, she's loud enough that you know she's there on the ice. She'll bend over backwards for you. Um, my, my dad's been pretty influential in aspects of it, but definitely not the, the rock that mom was. Um, yeah, probably the mom. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to the wife there. She, she does so much <laughs> crazy stuff Yeah, and I'll be dreaming up an idea for a, a pink t-shirt for, um, breast cancer. And, you know, two days later we've got it printed and up for sale. So. <laughs> yeah, Nikki definitely steps in, you know, does a lot of work behind the scenes. She probably doesn't get enough credit for, but you know, it's it's good to have She's someone okay like that. It's it's good to have someone like that in your corner. So <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, I mean, you're the new president of DC Wind. What are your goals for the organization for this year? Like what are some goals you've set for, you know, not yourself but the but the organization itself? You know, the biggest thing is upping the competitiveness. Um, nobody wants to lose. And, and rec hockey is not about just winning or losing. It's about growing and developing, right? Yeah. Um, but it still sucks to lose. We need to stay competitive. We need to stay in a position where our kids want to keep coming back and not, you know, dread hockey. So keeping it fun, but, but growing and keeping things competitive enough that um, – we're showing up to games and at least um, competing rather than getting blown out. So one of the, the initiatives that I've been working on for the, the off season is upping our, our coaching talent pool and not direct coaches. You know, I think in the rec ranks, we're always going to have um, dads that want to coach. Right. But working with, and, and moms, we've got some kick butt moms that, that do it as well. But working with some seasoned professionals that are capable of helping us coach um, different aspects of the game, different skill sets that we may not be as, as uh, in tune with, I think that's huge, right? Um, to be able to bring Morgan Marietti on to help us coach girls um, and for her to, to engage and want to do that for our organization, that's, that's really cool. Um, and then to find people like um, Spencer Gardner, you know, ex-college player. And, you know, it's amazing to me how many college players or ex-college players we have in our, our family already, in the DC Wind family. But to be able to utilize those talents and help us with some power skating clinics or certain skill clinics or whatever, that, that's pretty important. Um, and then and just work on developing coaches and, and helping them to help the athletes and, and keep it fun, but keep it competitive and, you know, work, work on upping our game as a, an organization. So I think that's the, the number one philosophy, but those, those are some pretty good keep, you know, goals. <laughs> <laughs> the other is keeping it affordable. I mean, hockey is expensive enough. So whatever we can do from a, a fundraising standpoint, from a, a, uh, just a, a access to hockey and hockey gear. I mean, that's huge, right? We, we've, we have 50 kids in the learn to play now. Um, and just to put it in perspective, 
the last couple of years, it's been 27 in 2019 and 30 in 2020. And 30 was capped because of COVID. We couldn't have more than 30 people on the ice. But we're at 50 kids, and we did, like, zero advertising. So that's that's really, really cool. Um, this summer, we're going to get out and pound the pavement, do some parades and do some, like, farmer's markets and stuff just to try and bring more people into hockey, um, trying to bring the, the skills clinics together to help – kids get uh, some specialty coaching to make them hopefully want to come to our our uh, family, but also just make sure that we've got the talent that we want and, you know, kids developing in the off season rather than waiting until September to start <laughs> skating again. Yeah. So so what's your long-term goals for the organization? I mean, those probably are a lot of long-term goals, but is there anything that you want to, when you're done, do you want to leave your mark on DC wind and what's your long-term goal for the whole organization? You know, last year we had a bigger Bantam squad than we've had in a number of years. Um, sorry, we can't call them Bantams anymore. U 14. Um, but I'd like to see that. I'd like to see the need for additional ice. I'd like to see us having the, the dialogue with the rec center to hopefully find creative ways to get more ice and to, to have the, the great problem of, you know, we, we've got two or three teams at each age division um, so that we, we, we need more ice because that means more kids are playing. Right. <laughs> um, but the, the other piece is to build a, a group of kids that um, five years down the road when Mojo's ready to play, high school or ready to play in Lady Grizz or whatever she chooses to do, there's a, a group of kids that are tight-knit, that love the game, that have been playing for a bunch of years, and they're they're ready to go and they're competitive, right? Yeah. And you've seen what it looks like when you've got kids that have played together for years and years and years. It, it's a family. It's a, it's a culture. It's not just a team, right? Yeah. Um, but having that for for my kids and for the kids that are around us. Um, I think that's the, the long-term goal, just having that culture developed so that they, they want to be here. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, that definitely is something that, you know, I mean, I grew up in organizations and I actually was out of this, you know, out of the area. So I ended up not playing with them throughout high school and stuff, but they all went on and, they actually, we played against them in high school and they smashed us because they were, you know, solid core. You look at the old Viewmont teams that one state, those kids played, you know, all growing up and stuff. So, yeah, I totally get what you mean. And I hopefully that we can accomplish those goals. I'll do whatever I can on my part to, you know, help you with that. But, but I just want to say thanks. And I think you, everything you do is definitely awesome. And I appreciate everything you do for the organization. Well, oh, thanks, man. So, I, I want to put one more plug in for uh, a fundraiser that we have coming up on the 14th of August. It'll be uh, a couple of DCYHA, DC Wind alum that are part of that Viewmont family as well, but they raise money to help sponsor some kids that have uh, financial difficulties and can't afford to play hockey. So they, they put together a really cool fundraiser for uh, the community to come in, 
to to buy raffle tickets to get a great dinner. Last year we watched Mighty Ducks in the park. I mean, it was a really cool event, and they raised thirty two hundred dollars, which sponsored five kids um, that wouldn't have otherwise been able to play. So, uh, Hungry for Hockey is the name of it. There's information on the DC Wind uh, webpage, which is DavisYouthHockey.org, and it's also on our Facebook and. It'll be on our uh, Instagram here coming up. So check us out under Davis County Youth Hockey and uh, hope to see everybody there. Sounds good. All right, Don, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your, the rest of your night and uh, I guess go Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear you say that. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, take it easy, Don. And we're back. Welcome back. Don, such a good guy. Um, really just looking out for the best interest in all these kids and looking to just push this sport in a positive way. And I like his message. And, yeah, so I have enjoyed coaching with Don and look forward to working with him this year. Hopefully we can get Benny out there to be a coach, you know. I didn't say. It's coming. It's coming. I, all I got to do is, you know, do my USA hockey and, and start learning so I can get out there and helping those kids out. Yeah, and so also mention, you know, we're talking youth hockey. Uh, West Coast Renegades, they're already done with tryouts. Um, Eagles tryouts are going on this week, um, and the Grizz tryouts are going on this week and into next week. So, And then the Junior Mustangs are also this week. So it looks like all the Tier 2 teams are trying out pretty much this week. So Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it, it amazes me because when I talk to people that aren't very familiar with hockey, one of the things that they always talk about is why isn't hockey a more popular sport given how much Utah represents almost every winter Olympic sport but hockey? Yeah, and it's definitely just because when you ask most people, they don't even know where to go. I mean, just like, I mean, it, I guess it's with most winter sports, they're just not traditional. So you got to kind of, you know, know where to go. So we're looking to, you know, familiarize it with the uh, kids, you know, just in the you know, the streets and stuff. And actually, I'm going to have my meeting with Syracuse City this week. I've been working on my, my presentation all day. It's like I'm back in, like, you know, high school working on my PowerPoint, which I don't really know PowerPoint, but it's just a way to, like... I never knew you knew how to use PowerPoint. It's not PowerPoint. It's Keynote, I think. So it's Apple's version of PowerPoint, so... But, yeah, so I've been working on that. It's going to be stellar. I'm super excited to go... It's going to be super, <laughs> I'm super excited to go to uh, Syracuse City this week and meet with them. I'm meeting with the Parks and Rec um, Administration. I don't know what their official name is, but, and then I got a hockey game later that night. So it's going to be a busy Wednesday night and hopefully they like my message and what I got to say. And we got, we'll bring some good news back for you guys next week about, you know, this rink. I think it's pretty impressive. You know, I think that, like we were talking about earlier, you know, just getting that hockey environment in the community so the kids can have an idea of that it's it's there, it's offered. You know, you go to the park and you see a baseball diamond, you see a basketball court, you see a soccer field. You know, you don't see anything hockey, so why would a kid think to play hockey if it's not present in their life and it's not there in yeah, front of them? Yeah, and it is one of the major four sports, and I said major four in autumn today. was like, well, what about soccer? I'm like, I guess soccer, it's not considered one of the major four, but I guess if there's a fifth, it'd be soccer. So it is one of those, and it's the only one you can't play pretty much in every city in Utah. I mean, you can play basketball, you can play football, you can play soccer, you can play baseball in every city. 
And so I think, you know, getting hockey more familiar, you know, with all these kids and getting rinks in here because we're running out of ice. We, we need more ice. And so if we can get more ice time, we can get more kids on the ice and we can get more kids playing hockey and just, you know, get sticks in their hands. Like one of my points I'm going to push is, you know, the only like introduction these kids have to hockey is that stick we all played with in like gym class in, in the, the, the Franklin four footer. Like, uh, like imagine if you, you know, were tossed like a foam basketball and like, you're like in gym, like here, play basketball with this. And you're like throwing it into like a cardboard box. You'd probably be like, Basketball is the stupidest sport ever, but that's pretty much the representation that we are as hockey. It's like you get this like banana of a stick, you know, it's literally like a, a banana. <laughs> to me, to me, it reminds me of like the souvenir bat you get at a baseball game and saying, play baseball with this. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What are you going to do with that? I mean, <laughs> you might be able to hit the ball, but it might be the, the most garbage hit you've ever experienced in your entire it's life. Just, it's just not going to be fun. So no, no, I'm going to try and, you know, get some get some props and stuff and you know work on my presentation like i said it's either going to be my greatest like accomplishment or they're just going to say yeah hell no (laughs) well i look at and i think you know even with like the the parks and rec and in the city you know you can go to the park but there's nowhere to play hockey i mean kids are forced to play hockey in the streets right now which you know you do the the timeout move the net cars coming you know that's not really a safe environment for kids to be playing hockey, but yet if you go to the park, the parks and rec aren't going to be like, hey, don't mind us using your tennis courts to play hockey. Yeah, and we've already talked about that. Like, they're like, yeah, don't use the tennis courts. I'm like, well, where else are we supposed to play? If you go to, like, most church parking lots, somebody's coming like, hey, you guys can't play here. It's private property or, you know, a schoolyard. They're like, hey, this is, you know, like, like you're some vandal because you're playing hockey. And so... I mean, the only place you have is the Dodge cars, and I don't want my kids playing in the, you know, the street by themselves. But I want them to be able to play hockey without like my supervision, hundred percent. So, I'm um, looking forward to that. I'm super excited, pretty nervous, but I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be awesome. You so. know, if even if they say like, you know, we're not doing that, we're not, you know, I honestly think that at least it's the first step of a presence of hockey to the city. You know, it might take five steps down the road for them to actually act upon it, but at least they see that that's the first interest from the city. So at least it's one step in the right direction that maybe somebody behind you or more kids or more people step in there and say, look, this is something that the city needs. This is something the city needs to offer so that kids have a place to play hockey and to learn and develop the sport. We got this, you know, you know, the the opportunity for kids to play, you know, the D.C. wind learn to play hockey. And so. But then they go home and then they don't have any more, you know, they don't have a place to go to the park. They don't have an opportunity. You know, it's basically like unless their parents. And ice time is limited. Yeah. I mean, if you're not playing hockey on the ice, you have nowhere else to play it unless you know somebody that plays hockey and they got that old stick that you're going to borrow. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that and super excited, like I said. And like, I mean. I don't know. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And I, this is honestly something I've been, I've been like hounding Syracuse city since January. Like this was one of my, like, it was my birthday actually when I came up with the idea for this. And like, I even like filmed a little video that I have of me like telling on, I'm like, Hey, this is my like birthday present to myself is like, 
doing whatever I can to see if like this is possible. So 2020 New Year's resolution. <laughs> 2021. 21. <laughs> so we skipped last year anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of like my birthday present to myself. So I'm still fulfilling it. Hopefully by my birthday next year. We're like playing hockey somewhere. I mean, that's pretty quick, but you know, it hey, it's a step in the right direction. I think that that's the first thing that matters most. Yeah. So, I mean, we can move on. I mean, we, we had a hockey game this last week. It wasn't the best, no. but it wasn't the worst. Now we lost four to one, which it actually seemed a lot closer than four to one. Yeah. Our, our team played pretty good. I mean, we just had a couple, just, it seemed like we played real well and we, we stayed with them and we were you know, just going back and forth, but it seemed like they just had some lucky bounces that went in, and for us, it just seemed like we hit the post, and we just had some unlucky bounces. Yeah, and I and I was playing with the new twig, thanks to Ryan, my buddy Ryan Tall. Um, he hooked me up, and so I did get an assist, but unfortunately, it was for the other team. <laughs> Nick might have passed it at the end of the game, and they shot at a wide open net and made it in. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it was a good pass, but not. I mean, I okay. To my defense, I had one person coming straight for. I should have just given it to Tad. I said, "Tad, I got this," and so that was my number. That was the mistake right there. And so I was looking up ice, but we had one person skating towards me from the other team. And then two on the boards, and then one out to my left. The boards were on my right. And so I said, oh, I'm not passing it straight forward to that person skating towards me. I'm not passing it out left where the person's wide open. And so I tried to just chip it off the boards, and I made it past the one girl, and then it bounced right on that other kid's stick. And so You, you always want the assist. So you play the puck. <laughs> I come, I come, I down, do to pick, I come down to pick it up, and it's always like, you gonna pass it to me? <laughs> nope, he's passing it to the foot. You know, middle red line. Who's cutting across the ice and Nick's passing it yeah, to? Yeah, so I mean, I do, I do uh, love to pass the puck. So the new twig's good. Hopefully this week we can get a win. We play the Hawks. It's the only team we haven't played. Um, so we're they are their colors are black, so we're gonna bust out the white jerseys for the first time. Which honestly, probably last week should have been. I, you know, I blame myself for the loss because the jersey colors, like they're like dark navy, and we were black, and it was like pretty identical. Like it was hard to tell, you know, each other they, apart. Each team had a a white stripe across the jersey, and it it just made things. You turned, you looked, and you had no idea who was on your team or on the <laughs> other team. It took keeping your head on a swivel to a whole new level. So, yeah. So, I do blame myself for not bringing the white jerseys, but I will have the white jerseys this week. And next time we play Young Kia, we're going to be wearing white jerseys. So, hopefully we can get the win this week. You know, we just got to score more goals. Like, I mean, I, that's that's easy for the goalie to say because he doesn't have any part in that. But I think we do need to score. We've only scored one goal for the last two weeks. And the week before that, we had three. And then our first week, we had, what, five, but we lost six to five. Should have been six. <laughs> yeah, Benny's. They, they took my goal back. Well, they and they also took one back this last week. Yeah, they did. And the goalie even said, that was in. <laughs> so we've had two. The, the goalie has said, yeah, that was in. And then they called it back. But the refs didn't call it. So um, probably get another one of those this, this week, you know, that we'll score. So we got to score at least, like, five goals this week. Because one of them is not going to count. I mean, so. I'll tell you my opinion what happened last week. We forgot to have fun. So, <laughs> Well, we will have fun this week. So, 
Um, let's jump over into some uh, more depressing hockey. It seems like it's depressing hockey week, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it depends on who who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who you for, are and who you're rooting for. I mean, we lost, you know, Grizzlies. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies, you know, started the playoff run this week. Um, we went to the watch party on Tuesday down at the Maverick Center. It was a lot of fun just hanging out down there with season ticket holders and just that Utah Grizzly crew. Then they lost 3-1. to one. It was a close game. It was 1-1 one, one most of the game. Um, then they had a game. We had a game on Wednesday when they had their second game. So we didn't go down to the watch party, but they lost. Four to two that game, and then they came home Friday, and we went boating all day Friday, and literally drove straight to the Grizzly game. But on the way, we picked up our fish. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I caught him in the lake. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fresh so, fish. Yeah, and uh, so we grabbed a fish on the way down. We went to the game. And we got there early enough that Lexi could get on her skates and stuff because, like, they had all the they had a bunch of DC Wind kids go out there and collect the fish. You know, well, they were planning to collect the fish. Good thing they scored. But so, I mean, the game started, and like, I was down there when it started, and then I was on my way to my seat. But like before, like I was already like they had already scored the other team, so I was kind of a bummer. But then I got up to where we were sitting. And soon after that, the Grizzlies scored. So everyone got their fish out. You know, it's always good to get the fish out early. You know, yeah, that, that, that third period, like sweating, like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to take this, fish? Am I have to take this tilapia home? <laughs> no, mine wasn't tilapia. But yeah, so got the fish out early. And like, I jumped over the railing with Brooks. And I was like, oh, Brooks is, you know, getting his first taste playoff hockey in Utah. So we went to go hug this fish. Except for as I was running down the stairs, I got caught by like behind this like grandma and like just like slowly stepping. But then she had holding her kid's hand on the other side of the railing. So like there was no getting around her and a kid. And finally I was like, Hey, I just got to swing. I just got to sneak back. I throw these fish on the ice. <laughs> so I ran down there and I threw it over the, like the like scorekeepers box. And the lady must've seen the shadow of the fish. Cause she like ducked and it made it on the ice. And autumn got an awesome video of Lexi. Cause like, we were like, Lexi, you, you got to pick up the fish. And she was so scared. She's like, Oh, are they going to be? It's like, you can have gloves. Don't worry about it. And like, she like picks up a fish at center ice and then be like, she's just like, ah! <laughs> and I, she swears it made it into the garbage bag, but we just think she threw it back on the ice. But <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. I mean, that's definitely the highlight of the playoffs. I always is checking those fish. And when I mean, we got, we only got one home game, but you know, at least we got to throw some fish. Um, Grizzlies actually got out to a pretty good first period. They scored two more quick ones, so they were up three to one. It was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then like the Allen Americans, they wear all red. You know, they look like the Kool Aid Man. And they were like, oh no. <laughs> and they just kind of held off the second period. No one scored. And I was talking to Steve Metcalf before the third, and I was like, oh man, we got we might do this, you know. And he's like, oh, Allen's good. They can score goals quick. And sure enough, they just scored one, and then they scored. And, okay, this last goal was the most, like, if he meant to do this, it was the best goal I've seen all year. He was coming down on a breakaway, and he had a Grizzly player right on his tail, and then he had a guy trailing. And so he shot it as hard as he could, five feet right of the net, and it bounced off the boards back to his guy. 
and he had a he was all by himself and he scored and tied it up. I was like, that was crazy. Whether it was on purpose or accident, he's gonna tell you it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So they tied it up, and at that point when they tied it up, it was just like, oh no, they had already like outshot the Grizzlies by double, and it just looked like the Grizzlies were playing not to lose the entire game. And so I I think that's never a way you should play. I don't care if, you know, this team's superstar and you got five goals on them and, you know, you know they've got more offense, but never play not to lose. When you play not to lose, you always lose. Oh, yeah. you got to score to win. That's yeah. it. You know? Or you got to be playing, like, offense, you know? Cause, and that's what happened is they went to double overtime, but – the Allen Americans just dominated the first overtime and the Grizzlies came out hot the second overtime, but it just was like, it was a matter of time before they scored. So I think when you play not to lose, yeah, you're eventually just going to lose. And they got, they got out shot 47 to 26. I mean, I, I know shots on goal is not always an indicator of who wins, but when we're looking at probability and statistics, the team that shoots more, is most likely going to win. Yeah, and Parker Gahagan for the Grizzlies, like, dude, he is going to be playing for the Avalanche one day because he is that good. He is stellar goalie, and he made some saves that were unreal, and he kept the Grizzlies in that game, but they didn't play offense. And so, and Autumn was like, I don't think they, I think they let up on defense, and I was like, no, they just played defense the entire game. Like, they would try to run and gun, but, like, they were already like coming back before they even lost the puck. So it just looks like they were just retreating too quick and like they just didn't believe. But like, dude, they had Parker Hagen back there playing stellar. So put the you know, play the you know, play the gas. Play the gas. Put the gas down. Put the pedal to the metal, dude. Keep going. It's playoff hockey. Like just grind it out, like and just win that game. But, I mean, they lost in Dover overtime. And it was a it was a hard loss. And I felt really bad for Parker Gahagan because you could tell he just was like, he knew it wasn't his fault, but the goal was scored on him. So, of course, he's going to take it upon his shoulders, you know. And he felt bad. And it was really cool to see the Grizzlies at the end of the season, like, you know, like rally. And they were, you know, made that playoff run. And, when they were on the ice, they shook hands, and then they just kind of stayed out there, and they all just kind of hugged each other, shook hands with each other. Because, I mean, this is the ECHL. Like, usually these teams are, like, 50% turnover in the next year. I mean, if not more, because, you know, players are just going everywhere at that level. So it was really cool to see that ending, but it was a really, it was a really hard loss for the team and for the fans and stuff. And it was, I mean especially when you're sitting there, it's 1130, you know, you're double overtime. You've watched a game and a half. You're just hoping, you're just hoping that you get to go to one more game, one more game, you know, at least you're just praying that they put that goal in so that the series will keep going and you still get to keep watching them. We had a family reunion the next night and we wanted to leave early. (laughs) Just joking. But that would have been a reason we left early and go to the game on Saturday night. But no, and I just, you just wanted them to win, and they just didn't. But, I mean, another Utah team, Utah Jazz, still in the thick of it? Well, I mean, I look at them right now, and I feel I got this avalanche vibes going on. <laughs> that they, you know, maybe they, they win the first two, go back to L.A. They're playing right now. 
<laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it, but it's cool to see the Utah Jazz doing as good as they have this year. And, I mean, since we have no more Utah, you know, hockey to talk about, I guess we're going to talk a little Utah Jazz. So, actually called Tyler Smith, which actually has become a huge fan of the podcast. He, and like, do you know Tyler? He's not a hockey guy. No, he's not. And I've and never, he's, never. He's been an avid, like, almost like, no, he's not a hockey guy and he lets you know that he's never been a hockey guy but he's listened to he told me tonight that he is all caught up he's listened to all 22 episodes and he's like he's giving me his take on these hockey things so and that's my goal with this podcast is like to bring in one more lost you know soul to the hockey you know fold (laughs) you know Uh, you know i always say you know hockey is is way underrated and those that learn to see what it is learn to love it it's like uh this unwritten like i don't know i've never watched hockey i don't get it and then once they start watching and they start seeing it they're always like oh man this is great oh man oh my gosh oh yeah, so everyone's a hockey fan. They just don't know it yet. But And Tyler's one of those guys. So um, we're going to have an interview with Tyler right now. It's going to be super good. Can't wait. All right, today on the podcast, we have longtime jazz fan and newer listener of the podcast and becoming a hockey fan, I guess we could say. Old friend, great friend, good guy if you know him, Tyler Smith. What's up, Tyler? Hey, what's up, Nick? Hey, we're just here to talk some jazz since, you know, the Utah Grizzlies are out. We got to talk a little Utah professional sports, so I think the jazz are doing pretty well. So let's let's talk a little Utah jazz. Let's do it, man. How, how excited are you right now about what's going on with the Utah jazz? Dude, I honestly, I can't sleep some nights because I just lay up and I think about Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. And my <laughs> wife probably wishes I thought more about her, but <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, you <laughs> got to check the nightstand for that, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know it. Yeah, so I mean, let's talk Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Donovan, sorry. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, how do they compare up to Stockton Malone? You think they're better than Stockton Malone, or you think Gobert Mitchell? Uh, they're not even close to Stockton Malone yet. Stockton Malone have a lot of deep runs already after four years. I don't know if Donovan will get to the Western Conference Finals. He's hurt right now, so he's not really playing. He's not really playing healthy. So getting past the Clippers, if they lose tonight, it's going to be tough. Going two-two after tonight will be tough. So hopefully they can win tonight. But I think he's going to be a bigger star than Stockton and Malone. As in, media is a lot bigger now. I think the Jazz get a lot more uh, national time than they did to Stockton and Malone. But I think Stockton and Malone are still better all around. It's going to take him a lot of years to get there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they are doing, you know, there's a lot of people who debate that I think it's more that they're just seeing these guys now and kind of forgot about the, you know, the all-stars that the Stockton and Malone were. So I think we'll have to, you know, see in a couple of years because it always seems like, you know, like, oh, these guys are so much better than the greats, but then it's three more years. Like, oh, just kidding. The greats are the greats. So, for sure. I think Donovan's stats, Donovan's stats obviously measure up, and he might be better after six or seven years, but he's never going to play 19 years like Stockton and Malone did. There's no way. No players will anymore, So unless they need the money, which means they're not going to be very good at that point anyway. So yeah. 
but I think it'll take him a lot of years to get there. But I still, I, I'm as happy now as I was back then for sure. They've, they've got a chance to do some big things and it's all about, you guys talked about one of your podcasts. It's all about timing for teams. I think you were talking about Wayne Gretzky yeah, and the yeah, Kings. Yeah. You know, the timing now, then for the Kings, when they won, you know, the Stanley Cup or whatever, it's just about timing. Jazz came up against Michael Jordan, and Donovan may not have to come up against anybody like that. And well, it may give us a lot of chance. Yeah, and so that brings me to my my talk about super teams. I mean, a lot in the NBA, you see all these super teams, you know, like everyone and their buddies, hey, we're all going over here, we're all going over here. And it's just like, this like ragtag bunch of people just choosing which team they think is going to be the best team. And it's almost like the bottom feeders have zero chance. I mean, before the beginning of the season, could you guess, you know, seven out of the eight playoff teams and like be a hundred percent correct? No way. Well, yeah, you could, <laughs> you could in each conference, you know who the eight's going to be. There might be one team that surprises you. Yeah. That's what's not, that's what's not fun about basketball. Yeah. In baseball and football, a different team could make the Super Bowl, and for a team to win two years in a row in almost any other sport is like unheard of. And then you see hockey when you have the Blues winning, <laughs> you know, the Stanley Cup. That'll never happen in basketball ever. Like that will never happen unless all the stars get hurt, and then it won't be fun basketball anyways. So there's definitely there's definitely cons to the NBA, but hopefully if Jazz can win it this year, they'll show people maybe it's not the super team way yeah. of life at least this year. Yeah, and maybe that's what I think is I think everybody in the nation should really jump on and become jazz fans. If your team's not in the playoffs, I mean this is the team to root for. This is you know, David versus Goliath. This is the team that's homegrown, home built. Yes, they brought in a couple small pieces, but for the majority of it, it's it's a homegrown team. You know, it's not like the Brooklyn Nets that's, you know, totally just made of superstars that, you know, became famous other places or, you know, the Clippers that, you know, pulled in people from other places too, even so I mean, hopefully we can get there and hopefully we can beat these super teams. But do you see Donovan Mitchell staying in Utah for his whole career? Do you think, I, do you think he's enough of like a wholesome <laughs> guy, you know, and you, you kind of you just never expect anybody anymore to stay in Utah or anywhere for that matter. That's, you know, not these big markets. I have a hard time seeing him stay past this five year contract. I just think he's such a media – the media just loves him. He could literally make $100 million more dollars going somewhere <laughs> else. And especially if he wins a championship here, maybe he's, maybe he's loyal enough that if they're so close for five years, he'll stick around to try to win one. But if they end up winning one in the next five years, which is, I think, the best five-year window Utah's ever had with Rudy and him, I think he'll leave to go chase his money after he gets his ring. But a lot of people would hate to hear that from me. But I don't think he'll, <laughs> I don't think he'll stay around. So yeah. he's not a Joe Ingles. He's definitely a guy that could make a lot of money in a New York or in L.A. or even a Miami. Yeah, and Joe Ingles, he's he's kind of that just guy you just want to root for every night you're watching him play. <laughs> I just want to hang out with him, man. I, <laughs> I just want to. Hang out. I named my dog after him. My dog's name is Ingles. So. We love Ingles here in the family, and he just seems like a guy that needs to live in Utah, and every time he says he hates America and he's going to Australia, I don't like him for just a minute. <laughs> it is what it is. I just want him to be an American that wants to stay here forever. Oh, nice, nice. So, uh, I mean, we got game, what is it, game four tonight? Yeah. What's your prediction for game four? I mean, it's in L.A. We they kind of lost big last time, last game. We got our butts kicked on Saturday night, but they shot like 
Um, and that's unheard of from three for a team to shoot 53%. The Jazz were number one in the NBA at like 39%. Yeah. So for them to shoot that well and think it's going to carry over into game two, Paul George is just a choke artist. So hopefully he can choke. But their two stars really turned it on. And if they keep turning it on, it's going to be tough. If Jazz can win tonight, they'll win for sure. If they lose tonight and the series ties up 2-2, it's going to be rude. <laughs> You're going to be losing a lot of sleep. <laughs> I am not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they do get past, you know, the L.A. Clippers, do you see them beating Phoenix? Isn't that a team that the Jazz struggled against all season? Yeah, Jazz were 0-3 in the season, but two games we weren't fully healthy. I think we were missing guys. Um, I think Donovan and Devin Booker, their star, it's going to be a battle. I think it's something the world wants to see Utah. I think even the media wants to see Utah and Phoenix now that Phoenix is going yeah. more than they want to see the Clippers and Phoenix. The crazy thing about the playoffs this year is in the West, there were five teams that have never, ever won a championship. So it's really cool to watch these teams that are not like Lakers fans. Because <laughs> Lakers fans are just fake. They just pay money that looks good on the sidelines. The Jazz fans and the Phoenix fans and the Denver fans, like these are people we've never won, and their fans just continue to stay. Yeah, and continue to be huge crowds. So I'm just I'm so I was stoked to see so many teams that have never been there that are there. But I hate Phoenix. I think Devin Booker is a big old wiener boat, and I <laughs> not, I if we play them, I just don't want to lose. So they swept last night. They're in. So yeah, yeah that's is waiting for us so yeah we we kind of were talking about that that hit joke hit i don't know what you call it and you know it was a thousand <laughs> hit i mean nhl we called a hit you know it was a hit <laughs> yeah it was a foul and it was garbage and the dude laid on the ground like he was like he had his nose in two different places and he was fine he just stood up and then shook hands and he, he just kept playing the rest of the game yeah so yeah it's yeah. annoying i get embarrassed sometimes when i have to talk to people who love football or hockey and <laughs> i love basketball and they're like oh did you see that foul like, yeah yeah when players are getting you know wheeled off the floor because of a shoulder injury and they can't walk uh... <laughs> silly I mean, so, I mean, flip it over to the East. Do you think the winners in the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series is going to be who's going to be in the finals? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think in Milwaukee, knowing that New Jersey just lost Kyrie Irving last night, they are already without James Harden. Kevin Durant can't. They don't have enough good players. They've paid enough for those three. They don't have a bench. Yeah. So when you lose two of your, when you lose two of your stars, it's going to be tough. And if, if they really win, like this is the Jazzers' year. Yeah, I hate to see injuries like make a team's chances better. But knowing how long I've been a fan, <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Hey, they don't just... they don't put the injuries on the trophy. They just say who won. They don't. They don't, they don't put circumstances. Nobody cares about that. You know, no one cares about no, second yeah. place. But. I just don't care anymore. So I just want them to win however they need to win. If somebody's leg has to be broken, then so who's, be it. Who's the player on Milwaukee that's the defensive star that was shutting down Durant? Hill? Uh, there's, well, Giannis Antetokounmpo is their guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P.J. Yeah. Tucker is the one. P.J. Tucker is the oh, one that Durant Tucker, and yeah, the been fighting. Yeah, they were kissing each other. It's like two games ago, I think. <laughs> They were like lip to lip, getting mad at each other, and he yeah. was so uncomfortable. <laughs> that was awesome. Like I would have just pushed him off because you could have smelled his breath. Like he, they were in each other's faces, nose to nose. 
it did not seem comfortable. They don't wear helmets. So I, I like to there. I like to see that though. I, when I saw oh, I like the it. highlights from that, I was like, dude, that I can get behind that game, you know. And I can watch most sports. I can watch pretty much any sport. Like, I might have a little commentary on the side that you know I'm making fun of them or whatever. But I can watch any <laughs> sport. But I I saw those highlights and I was like, well, maybe I got to tune into a little Milwaukee and you know Brooklyn game. So I like seeing that For defensive sure. play. And hopefully they can keep it going and they can, you know, beat these guys and, you know, move on and put this superstar team down. So I love seeing I that. So. <laughs> I think I think that's the big thing with Milwaukee and the, the thing the Jazz are missing is like a like a I don't know what you call the guys in, in hockey goons, maybe yeah. the guys that just come out and just cause problems for no reason. Like Joe Ingles will come in and cause problems and make people mad, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to be up in somebody's face, you know, ready to fight. And that's what the Jazz are missing. Jay Crowder used to be that for the Jazz, but now he's there for Phoenix, and yeah. he makes a big he makes a big difference when he comes on the floor, and will not he won't back down. And it's not like he's just trying to bug people to get in their heads. And PJ Tucker is the same way; he'll throw down, and I think it means a lot. Obviously, it means a lot for hockey, but in basketball, every team I think championship teams have to have one, and I think that's one piece that the Jazz are still missing—a ten-point guy that can just come in. And he'll back you up. If Donovan gets fouled hard, he'll be there in your face. Devin Booker last night getting in Jokic's face, that was cool. But as soon as Jokic walked back, he was backpedaling. He was <laughs> because he really did not want to fight. He just wanted to look stuff and did not want to fight. And that Serbian or whatever he is probably would have bit his nose or something. So it have been good. <laughs> MVP. Have been good. He won the MVP, oh, didn't yeah. he? So he got yeah, the MVP crap. of the I can't league. They kicked him out. Yeah, that was garbage, but... I mean, I love seeing that. I mean, I love seeing hockey, but I love seeing basketball. Maybe they should take more of an enforcer role on a team, you know, and, you know, get sure. that, you know. So that's maybe like a Dennis Rodman. Wasn't that what he kind of did was, you know, he put up the rebounds and, you know, he was a star player, but he also didn't back down from anybody. Oh, yeah, he was there. If Michael wouldn't have had Dennis, he wouldn't have won those other three champ, those second three championships for sure. And without Dennis, Jazz might have beat him. Dennis yeah. got in Carl's yeah. head. And you know I don't I don't want to, I don't want basketball. Hockey's different. You're padded up. You still fight and guys get hurt. But in basketball, you know you you break a guy's leg or you even just a sprained <laughs> ankle or something. Yeah. They always you know, tape it up and they're out for and they're babies. So yeah, it's a lot different. But I don't want to see like full blown fist fights in basketball. But that heat between Durant and Tucker the other night it just makes basketball better. To yeah, see that. it does. It it shows emotion. And I think was sure. as a sports fan. That's what you want to see from any sports player, professional, is emotion that they care for the team that you're rooting for. Because you are passionate. Like, me and you were passionate about our team, and it's so hard to watch a team just not even care and just, like, right. get, you know, disgraced or whatever you want to call it and then just, like, walk off. Like, hey, I make $30 million. I don't really care. <laughs> right. Back when Hayward got that wet willy or something, you know, five or six years ago by that dude stuck a finger in his ear. <laughs> And the whole team just watched it happen, and they all just walked away. Yeah, like that's, that's our problem. You gotta have somebody go and like stick your finger in his butt or something. Like, show him we're, we're like you're not gonna stick your finger in a dude's ear and just get away with it. But yeah, that was the problem. No, there was no tough guys, and it makes it. And there's really very few tough guys. Not there's only a handful of players in the NBA that are tough, yeah. legitimately tough. Other than their Twitter accounts or whatever they use, to <laughs> yeah, yeah, cry and swear. Yeah. So I mean, tickets are only one hundred and ten bucks. Are you have you only made it to one game or? 
we went to we went to Thursday night's game. We went to the watch party on Saturday, but I'd like to keep it to about 200 per round. So if they can get to the Western Conference Finals, we're going to go again. My daughter's okay. a lot bigger. My daughter's a lot bigger fan than my wife. Hey, but I had I had to take my wife to the first one. Hey, but I, I, dig, one I sure. dig I dig it. You know, you and your daughter got that kind of jazz connection. That's awesome. I kind of got that with my daughter. I mean, I have it with my wife too, but we're on a different level rooting right. for different teams. So me and my daughter, right. Lexi, we, we root for the same teams. So that's good. So that's awesome. I like to see that. So um, so if jazz make it to the finals and they're playing a super team, do you got the jazz or, you know, or you think that super team wins? I hate as a fan to say that your team's not going to win. But if we have to play a healthy net, if Kyrie Irving figures it out, they beat and they beat Milwaukee, I have a really hard time thinking the Nets can beat Harden, Irving, and Durant, who are probably top seven. Yeah, They're probably three of the top seven players in the NBA. I have a hard time believing we can beat them, but they don't play defense. So that's just the one thing Jazz have going for them. They beat them once without their stars in the season, so I just don't know. If Jazz play Milwaukee, we beat them. If we play Philly, I think we beat them. But uh, it's just the Nets that are going to be tough, and that's why I really hope Irving's out for a couple games and well, Milwaukee can beat them. All right. Well, so if Jazz make it to the finals, it's game seven. It'll be in Utah. Where are you watching the game? Oh, I'm trying to get tickets. You're getting, I already you told wanna... my wife. I already told my wife I'm I'm willing to spend fifteen hundred bucks if we have to to go up or bowl. Like I don't care, yeah. but I'd rather I, I I can't wait for a game seven, so I'm gonna have to pay the thousand dollars for one of the first couple games. Well, you, and then game seven, if it goes, I'm dropping some big money. Well, you just buy it before the series starts. That way, you just pay the ticket price, and then if it doesn't go, you get your money back. True. We just we have a buddy that has season tickets, oh, so okay. and he just sells them for season tickets for next year. Okay. So he gives us a good deal. Okay. So we still are, are lower, but I'm just worried what he's going to do. I hope he likes us <laughs> enough to not jack up. <laughs> I hope he just wants his, you know, hundred dollars per ticket and then whatever he paid. So, yeah. but yeah, I already told my wife I'm just letting. We just built a house, so we're kind of in a spot that we don't want to spend a ton. It's bad timing, but hopefully the kids just don't get some. Yeah. Weird thing you'll figure it out you'll figure it out you know like me and right. Adam we went to game five at, you know was the of the Stanley Cup finals we ended up seeing the cup being won but like now I'm like dude that's top five things I've ever done in my life so and that's I, when the capitals won? yeah and I don't even and know how much, the, you guys end up, how much did you guys have to pay for those tickets 400 bucks a ticket Oh, that's not because we bought them from the like ticket. Like when they went on sale, we bought them right then. So right then. So we if just it paid. was four hundred bucks, I'd buy them. I'd buy two games. Yeah, I would spend sixteen hundred and go for sure. But geez, when Golden State played and stuff, the upper bowl tickets, you were the cheapest ticket in the place was like nine hundred and eighty bucks. <laughs> maybe so, Utah being a smaller market, you know, maybe they'll be a little bit cheaper. So. I'm really hoping Ryan Smith has like $8 billion. So he needs to be a little nicer. (laughs) I think he's been, you like him more now that they've sold the team. You think the, the vibe on the team is better or it's not like the same as we're used to. It's not your fry sauce and green jello, you know? I mean, Dwayne Wade coming in was super shocker. And just in the playoffs, seeing him like high five and fans and stuff during the game, it definitely has been cooler. I love the Millers. Loved them, but I, I think they kind of played their time out. None of all their kids are kind of, I don't know if I can say this over national podcast. <laughs> but 
their kids are kind of doofuses. They're just dinks, and I don't think the team would have went in a good place once Gale passes away. So I'm really glad they sold it because Ryan Smith is just cool. Well, he's, he's a good. fan. He's a fan doing, first. Big-time fan. And the things he's doing for, you know, like social justice, and it just makes us look better. I think it's – I hate the Utah's racist talk because that's like – three percent of people maybe that go to games yeah and it's so stupid and i love that he's making such a push to try to make people think utahns are just not jesus jammy wearing racist but, <laughs> yeah that's that's good you know, hang out and, I, and i did see when that that whole incident happened that donovan mitchell you know like stood up against it and all this stuff and he made a point of it and i thought that was really cool because i love seeing sure. because that's the emotional side of sports that makes it fun whether it's any sport you know that that brings him down to a real level. So that was really awesome seeing Donovan do that. So, and for sure, well, Tyler, is there anything else you want to say? Just go jazz. Who's playing, who's playing still in playoffs, the hockey? I don't even know. I think um, it's the Islanders. The I Island- want the Islanders. Islanders. I want the Tampa Islanders Bay. to win just because I, I don't know what an Islander is. And so I feel like <laughs> I want them to win. They're, they're from, maybe they're, they're, they're on the Island of New York. They're from Long Island. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Even though they tried to move them to Brooklyn and they were sharing the stadium with the Nets, but like the Nets hated it, so they said, get out. <laughs> gotcha. And so so they're playing Tampa Bay, which won the Stanley Cup last year, but the Islanders won game one last night. And then in the West, it's not really the West. It's it's kind of like jumbo mumble. It's by points in regular seasons by division. But on the other side, you have Montreal Canadiens, playing the Vegas Golden Knights, so. Gotcha. Well, I, I chose for the Knights to win in your Instagram. Oh, hey. Selection, so I chose for the Knights to win that game. I want the Knights to win because they're local team, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So. Mark's actually. And I just don't like Canada that much, so. <laughs> Mark, Mark's actually on his way down to Vegas to watch the game. Oh, he is? Because his boy That's and good. him, are they're now huge Canadians fans, so. They're, they're going to game one and two down in Vegas. So That's cool. We well, were... I freaking love the podcast, Nick. Hey, I love it. The reason why I wanted to have you on is because you're a person that I have known forever, and you've kind of been avid that you are not a hockey fan. You've kind of let me know. I mean, you're supportive of the Beavers back in the day, and you'd come because uh, Cody was going to rough somebody up probably, or you know, Mark <laughs> or, or Kyle was going to drop the gloves. So you, you showed up, you know? <laughs> and that's the bad of the extent of it. But now that you've been listening to the podcast and you give me your little insight, you know, I think that's awesome, and that's totally my goal with this podcast is to get – one more hockey fan or, you know, a few more hockey fans. So I love that you dude, listen. I'm going to start watching. I'm going to watch games, and I freaking love that. Corey, dude, that runs the hockey stop. Yeah. He's, he's such a cool dude. He like, is. just so many hockey people out there you wouldn't know of that are trying to make things better. But I love the podcast. Mason seems cool. One day I'll have to meet him. He'll probably really <laughs> like me a lot because he, I'm just a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Hey, maybe we'll maybe we'll watch a Stanley Cup game together. Maybe you hit can me over. up, dude. I'd love to come over. Yeah, sure. let's do it. So, yeah, all right, Tyler. It, it's been a okay, pleasure. It's so been much. fun. Go Jazz. Yeah, let's go Jazz. <laughs> Bye. Welcome back. You know, it's always good to hear like someone who knew nothing about hockey. You know, other than like coming to our Beaver games to watch. You know, uh, maybe a fight break out of you know see Kyle rough somebody up or you know Cody drop the mitts. You know, starting to get get into hockey and 
and hopefully we can, you know, get together and watch a playoff game together. And yeah, super excited for that. So that was always, that, that was fun talking to Tyler, you know, and for the people on this podcast that, you know, like basketball and, you know, not so much, you know, hockey and, or they're just, they're fans of all sports, you know, get a little hockey. I mean, a little jazz talk. So, I mean, we are a Utah hockey podcast, so I guess we should talk, you know, other Utah sports every now and then. I agree. I mean, and the jazz, let's hope they go all the way. I mean, yeah, and they I can always, do it. I always tell people, like, if you're not a jazz fan, you're not supporting the jazz, then you're not a Utah. Because that, at one point, that was like all we had. I mean, really, I look at everybody in Utah, for the most part, is a jazz fan. Like, when I grew up, it was like, Dude, everybody, everybody was like, jazz, 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 Carmelo. Well, that was because that was the 96, 97 era. I mean, that's when we were kids. You know, and truth be told, I drew a Chicago Bowl on my kindergarten plate, not a jazz (laughs) symbol. (laughs) Yeah, well. But I'm a jazz fan, all right? I'm a jazz fan. I bust out, but I got a couple Utah jazz jerseys in the back of the closet, so I'll break them out for the playoffs. So, Um, yeah. And I also want to talk about it. I mean, whether it's Utah Jazz, whether it's Utah Grizzlies, whether it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Avalanche, like, like hockey playoffs are like such an emotional like roller coaster, and we've kind of touched on this, but it's crazy how like you can be so happy and like so mad and so distraught in like you know day to day with like hockey playoffs, and day to like, day more like three to four minutes in the change of the scores, <laughs> yeah, and I and. I, I really tell myself I got to, like, step back a little bit just because, like, I get my emotions so, I get so, like, you know? <laughs> and, like, you probably have seen me, like, after a Leafs loss, I'm like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. Benny takes a little bit better than I do. I mean, he was over here the night the Avs lost, and he was like, oh, all right, well, I got to go home. But, dude, I was like, if that wasn't the Leafs, dude, you would have, like... <laughs> I would have kicked you out the door. Like, <laughs> I would have just suck left. brick. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I was so distraught when they lost that game seven. And it was just, it was so hard to watch that game. And like, it like really was like mentally and emotionally draining to watch them lose and just not play well. And, you know, and Lexi, she's gotten all into it and she's like crying there, like, you know, and like you care for your kid and like, what have I done to her, man? She cares so much about this team that she's crying, you know, and, and, and with that being said, you know, if your team came into the playoffs and lost four straight, I think it would be a little bit of an easier acceptance of a loss because it's like the hopes like, oh, again, again. Again, yeah, again. yeah. You're but almost that, prepared. That, You're preparing yourself yeah, for it. But but that game seven, you know, when it's like a win, and then a loss, and another win, and then a loss, and then a win, win, and then another loss. You're like, oh, they got it in them. They can do it. Come on. And then it's like this emotional, just like intensity builds up in you, so that like game seven, you just like, you know, white knuckle clenching. You know, you just can't. Yeah, and and the Leafs. I mean, they lost game seven this year to the Canadians, which. I hate the Canadians. <laughs> you know, I dislike the Canadians. I don't like the word hate. But I dislike the Canadians. And then last year, they lose to Columbus in the preliminary round, which was a five-game series in Game 5. And then they lose the year before to Boston in Game 7. And then the year before that, they lose to Boston in Game 7. Luckily, the year before that, they lost in 6 to the Washington Capitals, and it wasn't, like, you know, Game 7. But then we go back to... You know, that 
was it 2013 or whatever 14 yep <laughs> 13 or 14 yeah i don't know what, what the, yeah when they lose game seven and they're up by three goals with like 10 minutes to go and boston comes back like i've i've watched them and like i'm i'm just coming to like maybe i should just be a regular season fan just stop watching <laughs> or stop rooting for my teams as the playoff starts. Because, like, once your team's out and, you know, maybe you've gotten over the abs lost and, you know, they did win the president trophy and everything and, like, had a the high curse. hopes. Yeah, but once your team's out, you're just watching and you're just enjoying. I will agree with that. Like, and and I wouldn't say, like, you're not emotionally watching, but it's like, I hate to say, like, you don't want your team to be out, but at the same time, it's like an emotional relief of being able to just watch the game and not be like, you, 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 always, you always got somebody you want to win and somebody, you, you know, or someone oh, you'd yeah, rather win. Absolutely. You know, and so you're you're still in it, but, like, if they lose, you're not, like, emotionally, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, I fear the day the Leafs make it to the Stanley Cup file, finals because I think that it's it's been such an emotional toll, like losing in the first round. They're like, going to the Stanley Cup finals, dude? I, I don't know what. I would have a nervous breakdown. I, I don't think I'd come out of my room for a week if they lost the Stanley Cup finals. So... Maybe it's good they lose in the first round every year <laughs> for me and for my for my sake for for Alexi's sake because she she took it all emotional but and it's and it's fun and it gets me emotional talking about it because she's become uh, like a really good hockey fan too and like we were at the Leafs game one time and they were playing the Avalanche I mean the the Ducks in Anaheim and um, they went to overtime. Morgan Riley scores the goal, and she's, like, crying. And I'm like, what is going on? Are you okay? And she's like, I'm just happy, you know? <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, my gosh, I love it. But the emotion, but that's what makes sports great is emotions. You know, we kind of talked about that with Tyler and stuff. But I think emotions is what makes sports great, and it's good to see your team show those emotions. Colorado Avalanche are definitely a team that show those emotions. And, yeah, so hockey – Playoffs or emotional roller coaster. I don't know how. I mean, I mean, just watching one game, I'm always like, yes, they're up by two. No, it's two to one. No, two to two. Overtime. No, no, no. And then it's and then the and then Vegas scores, and it's just like, yeah. Ugh. And you don't even know what to say. You don't know what to do. You just want to go to bed and pray for the next game that they win. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's how that Grizzly loss was. It was just like it was a bummer of a night. We were just. We were ready to just like, not uh, like party, you know, all night long, but like we were just ready to have a good night, you know, and end it good and high five. And, and it's just like that, like when they lose, it's like, all right, guys, night's over. Everyone go home, you know. It's like just, the end of a vacation. Like, and I, and I like said it the last couple of weeks is like playoff hockey, it can, it can be your birthday. One day, and it can be a funeral the next day. Like those are the emotional roller coasters, and like you guys might think, like those are that's a pretty, you know, crazy, um, like comparison. But like to me, I mean, that's I got a hockey podcast. I started a hockey podcast. I'm going to the city to try to build a hockey rink. Obviously, I, I'm passionate about this hockey thing, so yeah, I'm really emotional about it. And it, and it, I guess it's it's maybe it's my it's my qual my greatest like you know quality, but it's also my biggest downfall. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, we can move on. Let's let's talk about these NHL playoffs. But oh, I wanted to say that like 
you need grit to win in the NHL playoffs. And you start to see these teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs that win in the regular season and they just don't put the grit forward. And and they picked up Wayne Simmons. They got Spezza. They got these grinders, you know, and they picked up um, Bogosian, you know. But it seemed like that they were on a short leash, you know, and they weren't allowed to play the way that they've, you know, made a living and stuff. And so it's hard to watch your team just get, like, thrown around and not care, you know, no one cares and stuff. And I hope that the Toronto Maple Leafs can can switch up that because you see guys that they've, like, you know, let go, you know, playing it. I mean, you got Leo Komarov, which is people probably that even watch hockey forget that he's even on the Islanders. But, like, dude, that guy's in the first line, and that guy's a grinder. And he's such a good player, and I loved when he played for the Leafs. And I really miss guys like that. Like Tyler Bozak, dude, that guy had a lot of heart, and he loved being the Leaf, but it just wasn't in their long-term plans. And he goes and he wins the Stanley Cup. So hopefully they can get some grit. And, and like, I, I love Tavares, but I think the Tavares signing was their downfall cap-wise. And hopefully they can recover from that. And I don't know. I don't know. To me, I think it's like you just need you need – Speed and heat, like you're gonna just, you know, you're gonna let them know that they're there. You know, you're there. Yeah. You know, every team is fast. Some teams have that one or two skaters that are faster than others, but it's like you need the combination of the speed and that that hitting power. You know, I'm a firm believer in if you come out hitting, those teams that come out hitting, they come out playing with that grit, that heat, that that firepower to just run those guys over. It's like you can tell that that other team is so like almost it's like. Well, I'll, I'll be second man in. I'll take a step back. I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get knocked over. You know, I believe that those teams that come out hard hitting usually go farther in the playoffs and do a lot better. Yeah, and and those last three games when they when they lost, you know, when the Leafs lost, I think it was game five. Yeah, they lost game five, and it was like, okay, game six, they got to come out guns a blazing, and then sure enough, Montreal scores the first goal, and then like game seven, you're like, okay. I thought they were going to come out guns a blazing last time. They have to come out guns a blazing game seven. And then after the first period, it's zero zero. And you're just like, they're not there. They don't, they don't care enough. And it's so frustrating to be a fan. So Leafs need more grit. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of other people that have the same opinion as me on the Leafs. They're big, you know, big fan base. It's probably pretty frustrated with them, but. Well, I mean, it's only been, what, 60, what is it, years, whatever, I don't know. I think it's like 55 now, 60, whatever, 67 plus 20, you know, 21. <laughs> Long time. Long, Long time. time. So let's talk NHL playoffs. Let's, uh, so, the you know, the Mass Mutual East, we're down to the, the, it's like the conference finals, but it's like, you know, it's based on, you know, divisions and, you know, everything. So, um, yeah, so Islanders win in six, which they beat Boston, which I think Boston just ran out of gas, you know. And like we were talking, like the grit and the Barry Trots, you know, mental. And I think the, the Islanders just have more heart because they're that team that nobody wanted to play for. You mean John Tavares walks away from them? To me, they honestly remind me of the Blues 2019. Yeah. Kind of just, I'm not saying that they picked up everyone's garbage or anything like that, but, you know, no one says, like, 
Look at the Islanders and the big stars that they have. They got good players. Don't get me wrong. They've got really good players, but no one that's like the NHL is giving a shout out to like, look at this player. They're so great. Look at this player MVP. It's just like, who do they got and why are they so good? Yeah. I mean, Varlamov does good for the caps, but then they're like, um, yeah, he's kind of slipping. And then he goes and plays for the abs and like, oh, Marlamov's good. And then he's like, eh, his best years are behind him. He goes and plays Founders. And he turns it on again. You know, and, a truth, truth be told, I heard, I think it was Sharp said that, you know, the Islanders were the most boring team to watch. Yeah, they were because they're just a shutdown team. But I think they were pretty exciting to watch, you know, the other night. Or what was it, Sunday afternoon when they played the Lightning? Because they did shut that team down, and it was exciting to watch them shut down that team, yeah. And they don't win games 5-6. They don't win games. I mean, I guess they did win that game 6, like game 5-6, actually. But, you know, they usually don't. And so they grind it out, and they're gritty, and they're a shutdown team. But they do have Barzal that can, you know, I mean, he scored, I think we're like, Six goal, five goals in six games now. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been on he's been on a Which, run. He didn't score at all in the playoffs until the last five games. So you got your superstar turned on at just the right time. And usually, you know, your one goalie. I mean, the four teams that are left, you have Carey Price. He's played every game and won every game. You have Andre Vasilevsky. Has played every game, won every game. Mark Andre Fleury has not played every game, but. We put Robin Leonard in for one, and the Avalanche put in a touchdown on him. <laughs> so Mark Andre Fleury has won every game, but the Islanders, both both goalies are playing good. I mean, Sorokin's got four wins, and I think Varlamov now has six. So, I mean, that's a pretty good split. We talked about that, you know, tandem goalie not usually working, but hey, maybe this is the year that and Varlamov has played. I think the last four games, but he's on fire, so I think they're kind of rolling with it, but. Yeah, I, I would not be, you know, hesitant to throw Sorokin in tomorrow. I, I don't doubt that one bit. I look at the Islanders and I see, when I watch another game, it's like, I feel like a team, if we're comparing, like, their best game to their worst game, you know, you know, you, you could come out in one period, they're on, on fire and it's 100%, and then the next period they're 70%, and then, you know, they finish the game at 80%. It's like, the Islanders are never at 100%. But they're always at a steady eighty-five. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. it's like they might be down, but guess what? They're still playing just as good and just as well as they were in the first period, in the second period, into the third period. Like they just keep it. You know, they're just like a steamroller. They just keep going and going and going, regardless of what's in their way. And I think teams, you know, do this like run and gun and shoot and score and try to build it up and then try to be you know get the team down. But I think with the Islanders, it's like they just have this mentality of just like, nope, we're not going to stop. We're just going to keep going. You know, we're we're just on a roll. Yeah. So, I mean, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa beat Carolina in five. Um, I mean, Dougie Hamilton did say, hey, we lost to a team that's uh, $14 million over the salary cap. So, I mean, they kind of like – Maybe they're going to get in trouble for, like, cap steroids. That's kind of what they're doing right now. It's like cap money steroids is what they're on. I mean, the cap is $81.5 million and their cap hit today is 98.8. You know, this, this whole – I'm not saying that what they're doing is illegal, but I feel like it might have been a little bit of a loophole within the system and how it works. And it's like, do I think they're wrong for doing it? No. Do I think that changes will have to be made in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. If if they win, it'll always be, in my opinion, this like this like stain on it. Like 
Well, they won, but their yeah. salary cap was over. Yeah, the, the me, I see it as like if your players take a dive, that's kind of what this is like to get a penalty, you know, to draw a penalty, and that's blatant. That's kind of what they're doing is like blatantly, you know, going over the salary cap, and everybody knows it, and they're winning games, and no one's like. And I hope the Islanders beat them, and I hope they beat them in more ways than one. Um, I guess they they did take game one. It was two to one. It was two to zero until Braden Point scored. You know, in the last you know few minutes of this. So I think that they don't have as much heart. So what? Who's your uh, pick for the series? I would say Islanders in six, just because Tampa is good. They got a good team. You know, Stanley Cup champions last year. I know it was in the bubble, but that doesn't give you know doesn't say anything less about how well the team is. But I think in the end. The Islanders are the ones that are going to pull through with just that steamroll power. Yeah, so I think it's going to be Islanders in seven, but it would be kind of scary to see that game, that go seven games because the Lightning. I mean, you got Braden Point. If it goes to overtime, Braden Point scoring that game, that goal. So hopefully it doesn't get there. And yeah, so I mean, head over to the Honda West. I mean, Vegas takes out the Avalanche. The President's Trophy winners, maybe they should have let the Vegas put, you know, win that President's Trophy. but And that also makes me think, if Avalanche would have played Minnesota that first round, would they even have made it out of the first round? My opinion, ever since Avalanche lost to Minnesota, Game 7, overtime, I hate Minnesota because of it, just bitter yeah. towards it. Okay, not hate, strongly dislike. <laughs> <clears throat> but I look at... You know, those guys, and to me, the Wild are their kryptonite. You know, the Wild are a good team. I don't really care for them, but they are a good team. And I think they know how to beat certain teams. And I feel like the Avs are one of those teams that they know how to beat. And that's where, to me, like, I look at these playoffs and I feel like, you know, it's not about which team is the best. It's necessarily about who they played at the right time in the right moment and who they were matched up with to be able to beat them. You know, their line of succession to go to the top might just be the perfect route for them because if they might have started out playing a different team, they probably would have lost. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you if you heard that that reporter that, you know, asked Nathan McKinnon, you know, just F it. You know, you guys are thinking too much, you know. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, what? <laughs> no, no, I did not you see, didn't see it. Uh, oh, no. man, you got to look it up, dude. This reporter is like, you know, Nathan McKinnon, I think you're a gamer, you know, and you think, you know, maybe you guys, maybe next year you guys just say, we thought too much, you know, just F it, let's just win it, you know, like not think about it. And maybe sometimes it is, you know, maybe they do overthink it. So, I mean, he's asked if he's onto something, he's like, no. And he's like, what? <laughs> Was the, you know? I, mean, I mean, if we go back to that, you know, that grit, I think that the Avs have a little bit of it, but just... You know, I like the abs grit because it's not uncommon for Nathan McKinnon or Landeskog to drop those mitts, you know. Oh, Landeskog, man. I, I swear he's looking for opportunities to get chippy with someone. Dude, Landeskog is the type of captain every team should have. You know, he's not your super, superstar, but, you know, you know, he he's a superstar in the fact that he can score goals and he can make good plays and he can just beat the crap out of someone. You know, I look at the, the Vegas Avs series, and I look at first two games, Avs, Avs win. The second two games, Vegas wins. 
And I feel like Vegas deserved those two wins. But the last... Dude, it was the home win. The, I, the okay, away yes, win. Yes, that yes. was the deciding factor. I agree that the away win was the deciding factor of which team most likely was going to win because it was like that was the driving home point. Yeah. But I feel like the last two games that the Avs lost, really the Avs should have won. But Vegas played hard and Vegas played good, but I feel like the puck luck just happened to be in their favor for a couple of lucky goals, and it just happened to, I, to just go away. I, th- I think from a coaching standpoint, they played to the whistle. And the Avs did that, you know, they did it last year. They just, like, kind of let, you know, Dallas just, you know, come back and beat them and stuff. And I don't know. Maybe they – I think they get up, they get confident, and, you know, maybe this is a little – shake them a little bit. But, you know, I think it's going to be fun to watch them play Montreal. I mean, we we did watch game one tonight. Uh, Mark went to it. You know, I I mean, talking about, like, emotional roller coaster, I'm pretty sure, like, Kai – was just distraught. I feel bad for him, you know. I mean, they drove all the way down there to Vegas to go to this game. And <laughs> hey, you know, <clears throat> this this was my thought when I was when I watched the game. I feel like, you know, Carey Price is playing with the Montreal Canadian. You know, the the team is behind Carey Price, but in Vegas, Mark Andre Fleury is playing with a team in front of them. Yeah, in front of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not they're not playing behind. Yeah, they're goalie. Because, they're playing in front. Because if Carey Price didn't have some stellar saves tonight, it would have been six, seven, one. The word of the day is stellar. I mean, if this was Pee Wee's Playhouse, we have ah, every time we say stellar, got to give Stellar a good shout out. <laughs> what, what what company do you work for, Benny? Let's. I actually work for Stellar Senior Living. So uh, give them a shout out. Just started two weeks ago. Corporate accountant. It's my my new title. Yeah, so if you're you need somewhere to stick grandma, stick her at Stellar, Stellar Living home. is the place <laughs> for you. <laughs> place for them. Yeah. That's for cool grandmas only, Stellar grandmas and oh, grandpas. Cool grandpas too? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Stellar grandma and grandpas. Stick them at the Stellar senior living. But yeah, so I mean, we've already talked about this. I mean, we should get into it. The Montreal swept the um Jets, which swept the Oilers. But I do think the Achilles Hill of that North Division was those teams, you know, and I think the Jets did it to the Oilers and then the Canadians did it to the Jets is they said, okay, they have three superstars and that's really it. If we can just shut down those three superstars, then they're, you know, who do the Oilers have, you know, not on that top line? Uh, I'm calling it right. I'm calling it right now. Vegas sweeps the Canadians. Yeah. And Vegas gets swept in the finals. Dude, this this the sweep, the sweepers get swept. <laughs> you sweep, you get swept. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. The oh, sweeper swept. The sweeper swept playoffs. <laughs> that would be freaking awesome. But hey, I, I could see it with the way the Vegas played today. I could see it. I mean, um, I don't know if they can contain and like. And I had my notes here before the game. And then Mark said, like, this was just stellar hockey. And I did say in our, we have a little group chat, you know, <laughs> the stellar. Ah! Yeah, we have this group chat. We, we talk about the games that are going on. But Mark said that this is like the best hockey he's ever seen. And I said it was like watching uh, waves crash on a beach that like they just kept coming and coming and coming. And there was nothing you could do to stop the, the ocean waves. And that's the way that Vegas played tonight. No matter if Carey Price you know, made stellar saves. Hey! 
<laughs> or, you know, they, they had some good hits and stuff. They tried to shut them down, but they just could not stop the stellar uh, of, the, of the Vegas Golden Knights. So um, I'm hoping we can see a, a Ryan Reeves-Weber fight sometime in this series. I mean, after tonight's game, I mean, you saw both teams getting chippy, getting into it with each other. I mean, they, you know, you could definitely see it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. For my, this, is, this is the first time a Canadian team has actually played in the United States in over 15 months. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably a little intimidating for the Montreal Canadiens to, you know, step outside of their comfort zone. You know, it's, it's the first. I mean, I know COVID has thrown a wrench in everything in the season and the different divisions and everything, but... But that can be probably pretty intimidating. I mean, I'm pretty sure Vegas had a, a sold-out arena. You know, they're they're basically just rolling and they're going. And, and I, dude, I cannot wait to ask Mark how rocking that place was. Because, I mean, I'm watching it on TV, and I turned on him, and I said, this is awesome to see. I love seeing that those buildings are full. And, it, like, I feel like the, the season has just gotten good, and it's almost over. With these buildings getting packed and like it's full and like hockey fans are getting crazy again. It's just like it's starting to feel real again. Well, I think as these stadiums fill up right now, I think, you know, you've you've been having you've been forced to just watch the game, you know, on TV, online or wherever you get your game viewership is anything like that. But it's like the, the first moment you get in, it's like you've been building this moment up for how long? And so to be there, it's like it's not just some casual event you're going to. It's like. You're there for the game, and you're going to be that diehard fan. Yeah, and that's and to reel it back all the way to the Utah Grizzlies, but like that is exactly why I have felt like a kid going to Utah Grizzly games again is because like I've missed going to hockey games. You know, I didn't go to any NHL game since last March. We were in you know California. We went to those games, Anaheim Ducks games, and. I haven't been to a game in a year and a half almost. And going to these Grizzly games, I mean, yes, it's only 2,000 fans, but it's been fun. It's been fun to cheer. So, yeah. I. But, hey, I want to reel it back or reel it forward back to the Canadians. But Nick Suzuki was the first draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights. Traded for Max Pacioretty, the captain then of the Montreal Canadiens to Vegas. Look into where we are, what, three years later, two years later after the trade. Who would you take? Uh, you know, after what? Well, I mean, this is tough because in my opinion, Nick Suzuki on the Vegas Knights, I don't think plays as well as Pacioretty does. So to me, given the team that they're on, I would say Pacioretty because I think that, that it was a benefit for both teams where it was you win, we win, and if we don't do the trade, we're we're both gonna lose. Yeah, and I think if you put Patch Ready against Nick Suzuki, he wins every time. So, I mean, and he's an American-born player. Suzuki might be American-born too. I don't know. I think he might be a Canadian, but he's got a little brother at place too. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's just an interesting like matchup, and you know, to see you know these guys go at it, you know, these this you know far down the you hey, know road. Vegas but. is the hot place to be right now. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. You got heat waves coming from up above and from the cement down below. So, um, but this playoffs, I mean, it's it's the playoffs of the goalies. Yes, hands down, it is the playoff. Islanders, I would say uh, a little, but a little so, bit more. So, but, but I would still say goalies. Yes, still say like goalies. Like we said, like this is a crazy Islanders goalie tandem. Okay, okay. If we're talking about just goalies in general, each team has their 
goalie situation or goalie helping run the show? Each goalie can win a game. Yeah, yeah. I will agree with that 100% that each goalie has what it takes to carry the team through the game regardless of how bad their team plays. So if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, who's winning the Conn Smythe? Mark Stone or Mark andre or Fleury? Marc-Andre Fleury. Mark andre Fleury. So if if uh, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, who's taking the... It's Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Because, yeah. I mean, Kucherov's been good, but and Hedman's been okay, but like nobody's been as good as Vasilevsky. If... Um, well, if Montreal goes, if Montreal, we, we know yeah. it's Carey Price. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, Carey Price might even... If they make it to the finals, he might even win if they lose. So, but if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup... Who were you taking over Varlamov? They're splitting it. They're splitting it. Like, and you know, you might pick a guy who has a lot of goals in the next, you know, eight games or whatever, and eight wins, I guess you could say. They're drawing a name out of a hat. Seriously, the Islanders is like that. But like if you gotta pick one guy on the team right now that's the, been the MVP of that team. Well, it's gonna be Varley. So boom, we got a, a freaking playoff throw of goalies. And I try to think back, you know, when was the time that like all four teams are like, dude, like I like their team, but their goalie situation's a little, eh. like, you always have that in the, in yeah, the finals, yeah. you know, or in the conference finals. But, like, I try to think back to it, and I was like, was there a time when, like, you know, like, I, I know Belfour and Wah faced off in the conference finals, but Brodeur and who else was in the East? And I couldn't really think of any of that. So I started digging and stuff. And in 99, it was Belfour and Wah, and it was Ryan Miller and Curtis Joseph in the East. So I... That was that's a good four goalies. Yeah, that's, and you want to call it a goalie series? Goalie series. Even though Ryan Miller or Curtis Joseph never won a Stanley Cup in their careers, but <laughs> they were story. they were definitely Hall of Fame goaltenders, you know, and 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 rightfully so. And Ryan Miller was a young, really good goaltender at that point. He was kind of like the the next Dominic Hasek for the Buffalo Sabers and. Stuff so, but even then it wasn't like I mean Ryan Miller in that that four was like at that probably that time was like hey, he's good, but he's not great. But then I started looking, and the next one that I could kind of find was 2012 when it was Jonathan Quick, Mike Smith in his prime. <laughs> a lot different than Mike Smith now, but Mike Smith in his prime, and then it was Broder versus Lundqvist in the East. Mm-hmm. So that to me, but still, I think this year is almost better than either one of those. I mean, me, my opinion right now, you could watch the Vegas Montreal series and like it's good hockey, but the highlight reels, in my opinion, are goalies day yeah. and night. Every time it's yeah. like, oh, did you see the same? Oh, you know, it's like, oh, that was so close. You know, the yeah. cross ice pass and they slide over, you know, pad save it, you know, stick save it, whatever. It, whatever. They, to me, it's the goalies are doing whatever it takes to keep the team in the game. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a fun series series is to watch goalies so and like i'm you know me playing goalie i love watching goalies you know still the show so um also want to say that jared gallant was named the new coach of the rangers today um i think he's a guy who always gets crapped on and never gets the credit he deserves so good on him hopefully with this organization he doesn't get crapped on about three years for Winning like the Jack Adams a few times, but not winning a Stanley Cup. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where he's been at in his career. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see if the <laughs> Rangers make a, a turnaround for the Cup. Well, they're going to make a turnaround, but and they're I just don't see him winning a Cup. So I I predict that he's probably going to get fired in four years. 
Four. Generous. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I don't know if you saw this, uh, this, this Steven Johns that, you know, he spent the whole last season with concussion, but he played for the Dallas Stars. But he decided he, I mean, he kind of has deals with depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's decided that he's sick of being not happy. And he, you know, wants to like, he decided, I, I don't know what he did, but he's, you know, he's working with his own depression. But he said, to like create awareness and like show people that you can just do anything to get out of your funk almost. Uh-huh. He's going to rollerblade. He's he's retired and he says I'm just going to rollerblade across the country. Like he's like a rollerblading Forrest Gump. I mean, I hope that in the end he's just like I think I'm done now. <laughs> think I'll go home now. <laughs> but I hope he does. You know, I I hope it's, he's, he he started today. Today was the first day and he's just been cruising making videos and I think it's awesome. I think it's an awesome thing. And I think depression is a real thing, but we all got to just, it's not something you can rely on everyone around you to fix. So I think that he's kind of showing that like, Hey, if you want to get yourself out of this funk, you got to get funky. You know, (laughs) I, I know that those things are prevalent and people struggle with those things and, and it can be tough to, to take that first step to overcome your personal challenges and your, your, you know, your, your mental illness, if that's what you want to call it, your struggles. But I think that taking that first step to, to do something to help you get out of that, I think is, is a great opportunity. And to see somebody do that, I think kind of gives these people that struggle with it a motivation that if they can do it, so can I. And so it's, it's a good motivation. And and I think the, 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 like, and I just thought of this was like, it's just changing your pattern because so many people are, you know, deal with depression, but they don't change their pattern. At all, so he's kind of showing that hey, if you're depressed, you know, pick up some more blades and we'll play it across the country. I don't know, do your own thing, but you know, make it something and just have fun with it. And hey, kind for, of Forrest Gump had followers. Anybody out there that once got a pair of rollerblades, <laughs> might as well just join Dude, in. I, I hope in a couple, you know, weeks we see like him just like charging. It looks like the Tour de France on rollerblades behind him, like just cruising. You know, he's like got this beard, you know, going. All I'm Guys saying, are running up to him like, dude, I got this idea for a t-shirt company. <laughs> uh, hey, man, by the end of it, I think if, you know, he'll have a good following, I think. I think if it's for a good movement, a good purpose, why not, you know? Yeah. I mean, not to say that I had depression or whatever, but this podcast is like my self-help kind of thing, and I just did it, you know? And a lot of people ask me, what made you do it? And I was just like, I wanted to do it, you know? And I love it now, and it gives me a reason to, like, like pay a little bit more attention to hockey and all these different areas and stuff. And not that I wasn't already, but it's fun to talk about it. So just find your, your thing and just your, do your it. outlet or whatever you may call it. Yeah. And yeah. So that's all I got, Ben. You got anything else? No, nope. just uh, enjoy hockey. Let's go playoffs. Playoffs.